0: Hi, this is Erica Potter. And this is Hunter Willis. And this is
1: Hot Girl Briefing.
0: Hey, Erica. Hey, Hunter. What are we going to be talking about today on today's Keep It BRI?
1: We're talking about solar energy in relation to the BRI. Mm-hmm. So, Hunter, if you want to kick it off.
0: Yeah, so we're talking about solar. We'll talk a little bit about some other renewables. So I guess we'll just title this one Renewable Energy but because like there's some, but it mostly focuses on solar. So I guess just to start us off, I mean, the BRI, it's heavily invested into the energy sector. It's a ton to do with that, obviously, because I mean, that's infrastructure. That's infrastructure. It's not only just bridges and dams and highways and railways. There's a lot to do with energy because if you don't have that energy, The rest of the infrastructure doesn't matter. The roads don't matter because you're not going to be able to power anything to get anything anywhere. You need electricity everywhere. And so essentially what China's been doing lately that we've been seeing is that they've really been shifting towards renewables instead of these harmful kind of fossil fuel types of energies. And so just to jump in straight into a direct quote from one of our sources, it says, the share of wind, solar, and hydropower made up 57% or about $11 billion of China's total investment in energy infrastructure in 2020, up from 38% in 2019, according to research from the International Institute of Green Finance at the Central University of Finance and Economics in Beijing seen by the Financial Times. So, I mean, this report, you do have to give it a little bit of credence. It's you know, the numbers may be slightly inflated. However, even a jump from 38 to 50%, even if it wasn't 38 to 57%, that's an insane jump. I mean, that's almost 20% of energy infrastructure going towards renewables in just a year from 2019 to 2020. I mean, that's insane. Like, that's a giant leap right there.
1: I mean, we love to see an increase in green energy, and solar energy, renewable energy and all, but Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not the only thing that increased. From the same source that the same institute also found that coal investments took up a larger portion of China's 20 billion of total energy investments, and that was up 15% in 2018 to mm-hmm. 27% last year in 2019. So love to see they're increasing their you know renewable energy would love mm-hmm. it even more if they were also reducing the coal, investments, coal energy, because I mean, it's still pretty harmful.
0: Yeah. So Erica, that is one of the reasons that I picked this source because it was before China had announced their new plan to stop foreign investment in coal power plants abroad. So as of around September in 2021, they decided, Hey, guess what? We're not going to be funding more of these coal burning power plants. It's not it's not going to be a thing anymore. We're kind of done with that. You know, domestically, that's another thing. They didn't really talk about that. But abroad, they were saying, yeah, no, it's not going to happen anymore. So and I mean, a lot of this is shifting because you're seeing the pandemic really make an impact on how countries view energy, how countries view, hey, you know, we might not have enough essential workers to go and be able to you stuck at the oil refineries, we're going to need something else that they can do maybe outside like solar panels, solar energy with wind power, hydroelectrics, the pandemic has really shaped this. And so one of the things that is really talked about is that China is really going hard with these investments in other countries. It's, it's insane. So one of the direct quotes from the source as well is that, China said that it installed 120 gigawatts of wind and solar power in 2020, more than double the year before and nearly four times the UK's installed capacity. Like that's huge. I mean, that's just what China was installing in one year. That's not just one individual country like the UK. That's what China's installing in a single year. I mean, that's, those are insane numbers.
1: Okay, but the article also, I know you said that they like announced that they Mm -hmm. weren't going to build like more coal plants like abroad, but like
0: the Mm -hmm. article did also
1: speak to China continuing to build coal power plants and had approved more than in the first half of 2020 than any year since 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, The sort of, you know, it is, it is out of date and this was written in early 2021 and China had not pledged that it would stop building the coal power plant overseas in September of 2021. But let's just let's all remember, guys, this is a pledge. And like any pledge, like any words, it doesn't mean as much until it has action behind it. So, Hunter, have we really seen any action behind China's
0: pledge? So you have seen these coal power plants. They're not continuing on in other countries if they were already slated to do so they're not being suggested in other countries these days to continue on. So, I mean, abroad, yeah, China's really making this a big statement piece of the BRI. The BRI the BRI has gone green, essentially. I mean, but it still has a lot to make up for. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to include this article. Because yeah, some of the information is a little outdated where they're talking about, yeah, you know, China's just gonna keep on building coal power plants and while the renewables are up, they're still building coal power plants. And then little to be known later is that China is going to pledge to stop building coal power plants abroad and they've done so, so far, but there's still a lot to make up for because they did install so many coal power plants. There was a lot of coal power there. I mean, in another source of ours, they said that China was building, quote, more than three times more new coal power capacity than all other countries in the world combined in the year 2020. So, I mean, that's just, it's, yeah, the BRI has gone green, but they got a lot to make up for it. There's a lot of coal power plants that were put out in the beginning of the BRI before they really made this big shift over to renewables and green energy.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, from that same source, Hunter, I'm seeing that, like, within its own borders, China produces the largest share of global emissions of greenhouse gases. Like. Again, mm-hmm. love the fact that they are committing to or pledging not to build abroad. But China's got like the largest population. Like they mm-hmm. should be a little bit like, let's focus on ourselves, babe. You know, like let's yeah. look internally, let's do a little self care. Um, and, yeah. you know, they were the largest fi- financier of coal power plants abroad. So they are setting a really good precedent by pledging to stop doing it abroad so that hopefully other countries will do the same. But again, also, they should. Not to tell China how to run its country, <laughs> not to tell Xi Jinping because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, we're just hot girls here, mm-hmm. but like they definitely could be doing a lot more, especially with the climate. It's, it's not even like, oh, we should be worried about the climate. I mean, we should be worried, but like, it's so much more disastrous. Like it, we're at like an emergency kind of level.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: So like we need, they need to buckle up with their climate crisis. not just China too. It's like all countries.
0: Honestly. Absolutely. And I mean, one of the things is it's just like, yeah, I mean, like, like you were saying, Erica, I mean, instead of a hot girl summer, let's do a green girl summer, hot girl summer, you know, stick to your own. Do you focus on you, babe? Yeah, here we are. China, China needs to kind of focus on that green girl summer of where it's like, you know what, stay hot, focus on you, babe. Let's turn it inwards. Let's really get that introspection going. Like, yeah, it's really great. Don't get me wrong it's an absolute huge milestone that they've stopped financing coal power plants abroad. However, the fact that they're still, you know, utilizing such vast amounts of these coal power plants within their own borders, yeah, you know, you maybe stopped a couple, like, seven, 800 million people using these in countries abroad that you were potentially going to put them in, but there's 1.4 million people in China, or 1.4 billion People in China. Sorry, just to correct myself. I was there. about a million to say, billion. <laughs> like, yeah, dang. You know, just a just a slight difference there. But yeah, I mean, you have 1.4 billion people in your country, and you know, you're using a lot of coal power to provide those people with electricity. So, I do think it needs to turn into a green girl summer for Beijing. I mean, at this point, like Xi Jinping can say to all that he wants that he's going to stop financing these, but you know, it's it's kind of important to look inside.
1: I mean, I think it needs to be a green girl summer everywhere. And, you know, like you said, most of China's electricity comes from coal. And, you know, China hasn't really mentioned or Xi Jinping hasn't really mentioned about, you know, power plants halting, coal plants halting. He should, he should, but he hasn't. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's not just like us saying like, hey, green girl summer. Like, I mean, it's climate scientists. It's even countries that are, you know, giving resistance to China, wanting to have those coal projects, you know? So mm-hmm. Chinese coal projects have faced a lot of resistance from countries like Bangladesh, Kenya, Vietnam, mainly by civil society groups. But like, they're over here. Like we want a green girl summer too. And like, you know, we know that mm-hmm. China said they pledged to stop, but like, again, are they going to, cause they can't even stop in their own country. So how are yeah. they going to stop abroad?
0: And I mean, that's one of those things of where, you know, looking at one of our other sources it's really starting to move into where they're putting a lot of these projects in place. So China, you know, it's really expected to prioritize these renewable projects like solar and wind power specifically, because these are some of the better methods that China is able to utilize. So for example, there's one giant project going on in Kazakhstan, the Zanadas Wind Farm. And so essentially what's going on is China's also partnering with other actors as well to go and have these projects go through. So this was implemented through the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development. And then its partners include the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, the AIIB, the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, and then a concessional loan from the Green Climate Fund. So, I mean, like you're seeing China also partner up with like other entities to go and help provide these new renewable sources of energy. And I mean, that's just one example. There are so many. So many other examples that we'll be getting into in the second year.
1: Yeah, and you know our other another source, there was saying that there was a second Belt and Road Energy Ministerial com- Conference, and it was held in Qingdao in October of twenty twenty one. Vice Premier Han Zheng said that China would deepen energy cooperation with BRI countries in the nuclear, which I don't think we've heard that energy source yet. In we this haven't episode. heard a ton
0: about it. No, not in this yeah. episode. No. <laughs>
1: In the e- nuclear, new energy, and smart energy sectors. And this article also stated that there is a Belt and Road Energy Partnership, which at the time that this article was written, back in October 2021, had 32 members, which is impressive. I, I will mm-hmm. give it, it's impressive to have 32 members in a partnership. I'll give it to them. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give it to them. And then, you know, they also said a large portion of BRI investment is in the energy sector in BRI countries. Mm-hmm. So I see the potential i see i see the vision will the vision happen that's my that's my critique of this
0: yeah so i mean like you know it's kind of one of those things that we're just going based off of that huawei also announced that quote it is building a massive energy storage project in saudi arabia with a capacity of 1300 megawatt hours i mean that's a giant energy project right there And then another direct quote from the source, China has surpassed France as the world's second largest country in nuclear energy generation after the U.S., with Chinese nuclear generating units producing 345 billion kilowatt hours a year, according to the World Nuclear Industry Status Report 2021. That's insane. I mean, France is pretty big on nuclear, and the fact that China has surpassed France, you're seeing, you're seeing a whole new player really move up the ranks pretty quickly here too.
1: Okay. So can you tell us, and me included guys, I don't know this either. Like I (laughs) see nuclear energy and I'm immediately thinking like nuclear bomb and nuclear bombs are not cool, not hot girl approved.
0: Right. So I'm (laughs)
1: I'm yeah, seeing check out
0: our nuclear episode if you guys have <laughs> heard our thoughts on nuclear <laughs> weapons.
1: Yeah, like not no bueno whatsoever. So I'm seeing this nuclear energy, and I'm like, is that supposed
0: to be good? <laughs> like it's well, I mean, the name of
1: it's kind of giving me like mixed signals. Like, is it a renewable energy source?
0: Yeah. So nuclear energy, when it works, it works great. But I think that we've all heard of those like horror stories that it really can go wrong at times we've seen it with chernobyl we've seen it in fukushima i mean it when it goes wrong it goes horribly but when it works it works swimmingly like it really goes back and forth so that's why a lot of people are nervous about nuclear however i mean if you have it in a contained environment there's not much like around it i mean it can be a really reliable and safe and effective renewable energy source
1: until it sustainable like sustainable energy know. source until, you know, like wipes out an entire like city and, you know, gives radiation for like years and years.
0: I mean, how many nuclear reactors do we have in the United States? And we haven't had a problem with them. None of, I mean, none of them have had a meltdown to this day, knock on wood, knocking on my desk right now, but I don't know if my desk is
1: wood, but I knocked on it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, to this day, like you've seen the U S it's fine with it. So I think that as long as you're, Doing it responsibly, you're really, you know, always monitoring constantly and you're putting in as many safety precautions as you can. I think it's a really effective source of energy at that point.
1: Listen, I do not know enough about nuclear energy to like be the person to be like, it's good or bad. <laughs> All I'm saying is there are a lot of things that the FDA, a lot of approves. people are scared about. Well, I don't know if I'm scared about it. I just like, I'm like, Is the United States approving it like a really good like litmus test whether or not it's safe? Because you know what, like, first of all, the United States like defense is number one over everything, like literally everything, defense number one. Mm. Two, the FDA has like so many things on their approved list as like banned in like a lot of places, a lot of like food and chemicals, but like still, like what. And I'm supposed I mean, to
0: like, like France trust is doing that. It too. France is doing it too. I mean, a lot of countries utilize nuclear because it is, it is effective. I mean, that kind of goes in. So we'll talk about that in a second here with our last final source that we utilized for this episode. But I mean, you're seeing other countries also utilize nuclear and China's really aiding in that process too. And just because a country has a nuclear reactor doesn't mean that they possess nuclear weapons. I mean- there's an important distinction to draw there. So while China does possess nuclear weapons and nuclear reactors, not every country that's going to have a nuclear reactor is going to have a nuclear weapon.
1: I totally get you. And I'll add like one final thing before we move on to our next um, subject. (laughs) I, again, am not saying I'm in favor or, you know, hate on nuclear energy. Let us know Mm -hmm. what you think. Tell like all of our listeners, tell us what you think. Cause like, you know, this is just my opinion based on that. And like, you know, things I know, That's my but, if you would... opinion. <laughs> but if you guys want us to talk about a nuclear energy episode, I think it would be a really cool episode for us to talk about, especially cause you know, Hunter's definitely got some pros and cons to give me or pro, I've got some cons, You've got some and,
0: cons. I could,
1: and I could learn some pros. Like, <laughs> so let us know if you want to like, listen to a nuclear energy episode. I, you know, green for green girl summer we would love to do that episode for you
0: mm-hmm. yeah to kick off green girl summer we might just have to do a nuclear energy episode we might just have to do a whole episode on renewables honestly I mean I'm kind of surprised we haven't done one yet so
1: you're right you're we absolutely have to talk right about
0: sustainable energy policies I, I think that that might be one of our next episodes but <laughs> maybe with that kind of going into the next source. so I mean there's one of these really really big kind of points that is really moving into Argentina specifically. So just kind of to start out with South America. So one of the largest solar farms is in South America, which is in Uhui, Argentina. So I'm pretty sure that I got the accent wrong on that. Spanish was never my hot suit. Mandarin, I can pronounce much better. <laughs>
1: but all I'm going to say is don't look at the spelling of this word to understand the <laughs> province. <laughs> you Looking at it, you will not think it's what it sounds like. Argentinian Spanish is definitely different from the Spanish island, but we're, we're getting fair. off topic.
0: <laughs> anyway, so um, essentially they really wanted this large solar farm. And then this is a direct quote. Local officials said that they had sought help at home, the United States and Europe without success. So the people in this province were really looking for outside help at this point, and Essentially, what happened was the Import Export Bank of China. They ended up financing this large, large solar plant. Like I can't describe this to you, y'all. It is four hundred million dollars worth, and China financed eighty-five percent of this. And that's an insane—that's an insane bill to foot right there. And so, essentially, what happened is when China did finance this. Huawei had to buy, quote, nearly 80% of the materials from Chinese suppliers. And then some of these suppliers also included Huawei. So that's really where it starts to get the attention of America. And so the project is known as Kachari and, quote, the facility will generate up to 300 megawatts of electricity, enough to power 120,000 homes a planned expansion of 500 megawatts would boost that to 260,000 homes and bring the project's total cost of 551 million, provincial officials said. And so, I mean, this is just coming into all of this of where China's really putting their money where their mouth is. They want to start investing in renewables. And so what had happened is over time, China's put a lot of money into this. And so we're going to go on to our next source and our final source to really look at what China's doing in Argentina specifically, because it's crazy to me of just how much is going on in Argentina.
1: So quick thing before we go into the next section, I just want to make a correction real quick. Uh, the J's are pronounced as H's in Spanish and I had a mind blank. So I want to apologize to our listeners for that, like five minutes ago. So just to <laughs> now catapulting,
0: we are, we are a in the moment correction. Yeah. The podcast, not an afterthought.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So all right, so this article, can Argentina's Belt and Road membership and accelerate its energy transition? Let's, let's dig into this. So mm-hmm. Gustavo Castagnino quote, was quoted, he's the director of corporate affairs and sustainability at Genia, Argentina's leading wind energy company. And he was quoted saying that China has an overwhelming presence as a supplier of renewable energy inputs with attractive financing behind it, which I don't know why the the, word, the phrasing, like attractive finance, like, mm-hmm. I like it. But anyways, so it will continue to grow strongly in the local Argentinian market. And it has been doing so in Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, and Chile. And mm-hmm. the source also says that China produces about a third of the world's wind turbines, which is around, around 80% of solar panels and two thirds
0: of lithium batteries. So...
1: Yeah. I did not know so, they produced that much of wind
0: yeah. turbine. China does a ton with wind turbines. I mean, we were literally just in my sustainable energy class the other day, and we were talking about how much China produces with wind turbines. And so that's kind of what inspired this episode is I'm actually doing a project on the BRI and renewable energy. So I was like, you know what? We're going to make this into a BRI episode because we haven't talked about it yet. And I think it's a really important aspect of it because you're seeing these countries, they're getting so much in renewables at this point. And so A lot of Chinese companies are involved with this. So for example, Goldwind, which is a Chinese company, they own the Loma Blanca wind farm and it produces 250 megawatts of electricity. And then they also own a plant that produces 96 megawatts of electricity in Buenos Aires. And then on top of that, you have Power China, quote, a state-owned construction and engineering company, they built those plants. They built Loma Blanca and they built the ninety six megawatt facility in Buenos Aires. And in addition to that, Power China, quote, has also built the Cafayette Solar Park project, which ultimately produces one hundred and one megawatts of electricity, and that was contracted by Canadian solar. So you're seeing Canadian companies at this point contracting in Chinese companies. And just think that was just one company. That's just Power China that owns and operates these. There's obviously a ton more, but just this one company alone, they built all of these in one country, one company in one country. So just imagine scaling that up to the global, just the global system. I mean, how many of these companies are going around and building these giant projects like this? Like, that's insane. That's so much going towards renewable energy.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we talked about, you, you just talked about the wind and solar power, and then there's planned to be hydroelectric plants on the Santa Cruz river in Patagonia, which will add 1300 megawatts of power to the national electricity system, which Hunter, I gotta be honest to, with you. I cannot conceptually understand like how much power megawatts is. I understand that it's a lot, it's like, a lot like you, like when you say 2000 miles, I understand like, Oh wow. That's like okay. a lot of miles, but so- like,
0: I mean, just going back to our previous source, so think about it, 300 megawatts, that supplies enough power to 120,000 homes.
1: Okay. Okay. 500 yeah.
0: megawatts boost that. boosted that up to a little over a quarter million homes. 500 if megawatts any- is almost a quarter million homes being electrified.
1: I'm sure there's plenty of hot girls out there who just like cannot conceptualize like how big some things are. Like for example, wind turbines so that are literally massive.
0: Yeah. Or that they moose. Can't even, add, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, winter I, you can't even get on the highway with you have to sometimes they have to like back them up onto the exit rooms, but then also moves. I mean, I, if anybody's <laughs> ever seen a moves, yeah.
1: so yeah. Big. Like when I measure energy, I'm like, okay, how many this megawatts is like moose
0: will- scale? No, this
1: is moose scale. My thinking is, okay, if you tell me like how many megawatts will charge my foam battery, and then like, let's say this is a complete I mean, megaw- like,
0: one megawatt like, would fry that thing. It well, was that's what I'm saying?
1: So like, if you're on. like 0. 0.12 of megawatt would charge your phone completely. And then you're to be like, okay, so this provides 13 megawatts. I'd be like, oh my God, that's so much. <laughs> like, dude, I need, yeah. I need um <laughs> mm-hmm. some point of reference that's personal to me apparently. But uh,
0: a phone is much less, much less yeah. than a single megawatt.
1: Don't even be started on nuclear energy, I probably can't conceptualize that either, but you know what, I don't have to, and hot girls, you don't have to either. Just know that it's a lot <laughs> and that us hot girls here are telling you, <laughs>
0: we've got you covered. Yeah, I mean, just to continue on the nuclear tread, I mean, another quote from this, new infrastructure projects also include the country's fourth nuclear plant located in Argentina, a US $8 billion project at a further 1200 megawatts, which will use a Chinese reactor and then the 200 megawatt expansion of the Kachari Solar Park for $200 million, and then the Cerro Araco Solar Park for another 200 megawatts. And so, I mean, this is all going on in just Argentina. I mean, China's also going big on lithium with its company, Ganfeng Lithium, and that's developing lithium projects as well as it also owns existing lithium projects. And I mean, Power China is also helping other Countries with their own lithium adventures in Argentina by powering them. So China's even you know, powering other companies through Power China to go and mine more and more lithium and extract more lithium. I mean, like there's so much going on here that's renewable sources of energy and batteries for, you know, cars, electric vehicles, things like that. There's a lot going on here. And this is just Argentina that we were covering. So I mean, scale that up. It's crazy. It's mind boggling to me. It's absolutely mind boggling. There's so much going on here.
1: Well, we will have to wait and see, (laughs) wait and see to see what China does with other countries. Cause I think, I mean, I know we said that the source was a little dated before, but I would say that their pledge to remove or not use coal plants abroad is pretty recent and, you know, international news speaking, Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see what China plans to do and how they plan to incorporate renewable sources more so in their BRI project.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. So like Erica said, we're just going to have to wait and see, but I'm pretty hopeful about this one. This is like an episode that actually gives me a good feeling ending it when we say we'll have to wait and see. It doesn't make me kind of anxious about, oh God, where are we going to be? Like what, what could happen while we're waiting and seeing? So I actually got a pretty good feeling about this one.
1: All right. And with that, I think we've got everything talked about with our renewable sources episode for this week's Keep It BRI. Make sure Mm -hmm. you guys let us know if you're interested in hearing more about anything that we talked about today. Let us know on the website, the Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You guys know the drill. And Mm -hmm. let's all have a green girl summer this summer. Yes.
0: Cheers to a green girl summer. And with that, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will see you guys next week for a full length episode on Monday. Bye. Bye.